Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's just super great. I'm so happy you're with us today. I don't know how you found us. A lot of people can't, but you have, and that's exciting that you're here. I tell you what, we've been in a series in the last couple of weeks called Pilgrims in Babylon. Pilgrims in Babylon. A pilgrim is a traveler, a sojourner. Babylon, although it's a real place, uh, even now, Babylon, though, is also a metaphor for this world, this fallen world system that is not a friend of grace. It's, this fallen world system is not here to help you be closer to God. Well, we're pilgrims in Babylon, but we don't live here permanently. We're passing through because we're heading to heaven, our heavenly home. Pilgrims in Babylon need a true identity. You know, we need identity today for everything except to vote, apparently. But anyway, sometimes people question our identity. Well, I can tell you, I'm me. Trust me, I was there when I was born. <laughs> I know for sure who I am. Identity can be an item. It can be a driver's license or some type of card where you have access to your place of work. It can also be internal. That is the spiritual reality of who we really are, our true identity. Pilgrims in Babylon, you know, being that is, is one thing. You, you feel as if you do not belong. And you know why you feel that way if you're a believer in Christ and you're trying to make your way through this world? You feel as if you do not belong because you don't. I don't either. Yes, I was born into this world, but I came to faith in Christ, and now my real citizenship is in heaven, and my true king is King Jesus. I still have to be a good citizen and live in this world as I make my way through it. I'm in the world, but not of the world. So being a pilgrim in Babylon, that's one thing where you feel like you don't belong because truly you don't. But here's what I want you to focus on right now for a moment. Us being pilgrims in a hostile Babylon where we're treated as if we aren't welcome. You know why they do that? Because we're not. You're not welcome in this world if you live for Christ. We know in the Bible that everybody who lives for Christ will suffer trouble and persecution in this world. So no big shocker there. You think about the election results. As I record this on Sunday, November 22nd, I think I'm right on that. Yep, Sunday, November 22nd. We're thinking about election results. Did you know that even as I record this, I think there's only been, I don't know, three or four states that have certified their election results. So when the media just pounds relentlessly that Joe Biden is elected president and these are the results, well, there aren't any facts to back up what they're saying. Where's the evidence? No, it, it will probably come in. I understand that. But when we think about the election results, there's also the possibility that President Trump 
and his legal team will be able to actually prove that there was a, a, a concerted effort, a systemic effort to represent the results as other than they are. We'll see what happens on that. Biden may be the president-elect. President Trump may be reelected. You know, I think it all comes down if there is evidence that can be brought forth of uh, election fraud on a large scale, a systematic scale, including balloting as well as the uh, Dominion Smartmatic software. If all that can be proven true, then it comes down to do we have any honest officials and honest judges? And you know, with Deep State, I just don't know. The evidence could be there, but it feels to me like the fix is in. But I'm praying daily and I'm trusting God. But you know what? My happiness, my joy, my eternal destination does not hinge on election results. Amen. But think about this. We hear the other side. You may be on the side I'm on, and some of you may be on the other side. But we hear the other side, the progressive left, demanding accountability for Trump voters and people that served in the administration, and even Trump donors. Hey, when I heard that, I doubled my donation. Anyway, the accountability factor. Then we hear about the global reset. Oh, Pastor Ed, don't you know that that's just a conspiracy theory? Hey, well, hey, last week, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of France, talked about it publicly. So it's out there. I mean, all you got to do is search it, and you can read all about it. It's it's the World Economic Forum. I think it's been moved from January uh, 2021 to June 2021, the last I heard. But anyway, you can read all about that. It's not something somebody made up. It's actually a real thing. Why haven't I heard about it in the news? Duh. You know, if you don't get it yet, it's hopeless for you. What about global tyranny? See, I think that's where the world's going. It's because I have eyes in my head and I have a brain inside my cranium. And I'm fully informed by previous world history. I know the track record of people. And I know that we're heading to global tyranny. I also know the Bible, and the Bible predicts that. But here's what I want you to focus on today. No matter when the tribulation may come, and we're not trying to set dates, we're just, we're just watching the trends, I know that believers, the church, should expect some trouble before the tribulation. Jesus talked about this. It's not that we come to faith in Christ and we ascend to heaven on flowery beds of ease like they used to talk about. If we live for Christ in this world that is hostile to Christ, we're going to pay a price for that. So expect some trouble before the tribulation. And you know, identity will play a major role leading up to and especially during the tribulation. Read all about it, the future written already in the past. Read Revelation 13. Mark of the Beast the Antichrist, all of that. 
And I have other episodes on This Week in the Word. If you search back farther back in time over the last year or so, uh, a few months ago, actually, you can listen and get up to speed if you do not know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to give you an example of identity. Last week, I heard on uh, the radio news, one of the, one of the uh, stations I was listening to, I heard last week that Ticketmaster, you know, where you buy tickets to, to games and concerts and all of that, Ticketmaster announced that in the future, Ticketmaster will require proof of a COVID vaccination to be allowed to order tickets online and attend public events. Now, I don't know how all of that will work. It might not ever happen. The point I'm making is that Ticketmaster announced that. Hey, no proof of vaccination, no ticky for you. So you see how identity plays a major role. But I'm not talking primarily about that today. I'm talking about our spiritual identity as pilgrims walking through a Babylon that is hostile to believers in Christ. That's what we're focusing on. But it, it is true that identity will play a major role leading up to and during the tribulation. And, you know, all of this having been said, I, I would say we're just a hop, skip, and a jump to complete global control. Isn't that exciting? Well, it is to progressives and leftists, but if you love freedom, you realize what that means. You know, I can see my heavenly house from here. I believe the rapture of the church is imminent. That means that it could happen any time the Lord wants it to happen, where the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the air to take his church home to heaven, that we are not here during the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist, all of that. We will come back with him in the second coming, the return of Christ, literally, physically, to the earth, to not to take sides, but to take over. He's coming back. He will destroy that global government that is rapidly being instituted and establish a thousand-year millennial reign where he rules the world in peace, truth, and real justice from Jerusalem. Right now, progressive leftist heads are exploding. Uh, but that's where we're going, so get used to it. But I think the rapture of the church could happen at any time, and the more I pay attention to trends, Again, not setting dates, but I, I could see what's trending spiritually. It could be very close. Now, I want you to give you some homework. I want you to write this down. www.templeinstitute.org Templeinstitute.org I think it used to be called the Temple Mount Institute, but... Their site now is www.templeinstitute.org. Go there. Don't take my word for it. Just visit it. And what you're going to see is Israel, the, the, um, the Orthodox Jews in Israel, and, and many of the Jews in Israel, are currently, right now, trying to clear the way 
to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. And this will blow your mind. Even some Arabs and Muslims are agreeing that this can be done without removing their holy sites. Are you kidding me? Wow, this is amazing. Say, so what's the big deal about that, Pastor Ed? Okay, read in, um, I believe it's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I think I'm right on that. If I'm not, you can look it up in a concordance or online. But you'll find that it is this temple, the third temple, to which or in which the Antichrist, who up to that point was considered a friend and protector of Israel, will be revealed to be the beast, and he will persecute Israel at the midway point of the tribulation. It's that just like Christ came to the temple in his first, you know, when he was born, you know about that, right? This false Christ, this false Messiah, this beast will come to the temple that is to be rebuilt and say, I am God, worship me. Wow. So you see what I'm saying? There is active efforts right now to rebuild this temple sooner rather than later. Wow, I'm not a date setter, but I'm not an idiot either. I, I know world history, and I know biblical prophecy, and I can see what's trending. I can see the spirit of the age. If you're not saved yet, today would be a great day to get saved. If you are saved, look up. Our redemption draws nigh. Now, we're going to set all of that aside just for a minute, a few minutes, because we're going to talk about our spiritual identity while we're in this world as believers, while we're in this, this Babylon, this anti-God world system, spiritually, religiously, economically, politically, just about academically, just about every way you can think of. We're going to need to know two things about our true identity, our spiritual identity. Number one, write this down. Number one, we're going to need to know who we are, number one. And number two, we're going to need to know whose we are. Who do we belong to? Who we are and whose we are. And we're going to see some of this in First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, that I'm going to read all the way through this right now. You can read with me. I'm reading from the King James Version. That's what I grew up with. You may be reading from another translation. But let's read through this together. 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 10. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, by Jesus Christ. 
Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. Let me reread that. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation." a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Oh, this is great, folks. We need to know two things about our true identity, our spiritual identity as pilgrims in Babylon. We need to know who we are, and we need to know whose we are. Well, let's go through and find out these answers here. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, this is your true identity. And if you're not yet a believer and you become a believer in Christ today, your identity will change to what we're going to read. In verse 1, we see that we are to lay aside things like malice. You know, we want to get, we're angry, we want to get even with people, and all guile, we're not to be tricking people, hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. These are things that, you know, don't need to be in our life and our attitudes, our actions, certainly. But, Here's what we are. This is who you are. You're a newborn babe. You're like a baby who's just been born. Now, I've seen that six times, and you don't have to teach babies to drink their mother's milk. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk, the, the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. We just saw in the last chapter, in the last episode, that... The word of God endures forever, and we are told that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And that's an important thing. As believers, if you're a true believer in Christ, you will be in the word. I believe if you think you're a believer in Christ and you have no desire for the sincere milk of the word, I'm not sure you're a Christian. I highly doubt that. You may need to examine your salvation to see if you are in the faith. Because we see here that newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. And you know what? We grow by that so that later we can handle the meat of the Word. But this is not talking about that aspect so much. It's just the fact that believers love the Word of God. When I got saved at the age of 16... Um, somebody had, had earlier, previously, like maybe at Christmas, a friend in high school and her family, I believe, had given me a New Testament, okay? But I didn't read it. 
you know, because I, I was related in some way vaguely to the church is it from childhood, but I didn't know the Lord. I didn't love the Lord. I wasn't saved. But you know what? The day I got saved, I started reading that New Testament. Nobody told me to do it. Nobody made me do it. I read the that entire New Testament I had been given within like, I don't know, two weeks. And I wasn't reading the Bible at all before that. I got saved. I was a newborn babe. I desired the sincere milk of the word. And I began to grow in the Lord. So he says here, uh, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So just, let me just put it like this. If you've been saved, you will be getting in the Word. Now, if you say, well, Pastor, I really do know I'm saved, but I haven't been reading the Word like I should, get to it. Verse 4. To whom coming, who is that? To the Lord. To whom coming as unto a living stone. So it's an, it's an idea here that the Lord is is um, a stone and a great great edifice or structure is being constructed to him coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men the the Jewish leadership the Jewish people generally rejected the Lord Jesus Christ when he came in his earthly ministry the Romans did the whole world rejected Jesus but he was disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Wow. One way you can know you're saved is Jesus Christ is precious to you. And he, he grows increasingly so as we grow in him and as time passes. Verse 5. Ye also as lively stones. So we're like living stones just like Jesus is. This is our true identity. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. So we're like a great house of the Lord that's being built. And we're part of that. Say, so, well, I must just be a small brick in that house. Hey, I don't know what part you play, but if you're a real believer in Christ, you are a living stone and you are being built up a spiritual house. And it's even more and holy priesthood. Whether you know it or not, God looks at you as a, as a priest set aside to serve him. Amen. We're a holy priesthood to the Lord where we, we intercede on, on the behalf of the lost, for example, that they might be saved. We pray for them. We witness to them. And we cry out to the Lord for them. We're in holy priesthood to serve God. It says we're to offer up spiritual sacrifices like our thanksgiving, our prayers, our praise. This is acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So, wow, you're a living stone if you're a believer. You're part of a spiritual house that's being built. More than that, you're a part of the holy priesthood. So this is kind of giving the image that we're being built up into a temple and we're the priest in it. It's kind of how I see it. And we offer up sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse 6, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Now this cornerstone, when they built a building, would, would be set at the corner. And it would be the best stone they had because it would be correct on the angles. And everything would be built off of the, the, that angle, off of that stone. 
So if you wanted to build a building that would hold together and look right, you had to have a cornerstone that was correct. Well, right here we read, Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion. Who's that? The Lord God. A, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Who was that? It was Jesus Christ, his son, who is God in human form. I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. We won't be disappointed ever in Jesus. And that's part of our spiritual identity. When one of the great martyrs in the early church was martyred, uh, and I, I apologize, I forget his name. I believe it was Polycarp. He was, he was a direct disciple of the Apostle John, by the way. When he was put to the stake, to be burned at the stake, he was asked to recant, to renounce Jesus. And he said, how can I renounce him who died for me? You know, 86 years I've walked with Jesus, and I cannot renounce him. And he died for his faith in Christ immediately in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, that is, when Christ was rejected, the same is made the head of the corner. God said, what the, the one whom the world, Jew and Gentile, rejected, God says, that's the cornerstone. Wow. They missed it, but you haven't if you're trusting Jesus. Verse 8, and I, it, it says uh, in verse 7, the same is made the head of the corner. Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And I'm going to read some verses after this that will show you what this is talking about. Verse 9, but, I love that word in the Bible because it changes everything that came before it, right? So you've got people rejecting the, the true Messiah, Jesus, and he, Jesus, becomes a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them that would stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But, verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation. There's another part of our identity. We've been picked out by God to be the generation that he works through. We are what else? But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So we see it there again. Is it, are you starting to get it that we are priests to God in this great holy temple founded on the living Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. We're living stones in that temple, but we're also priest, a, a kingly priesthood in this great temple the Lord is building. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. So we see that, that we're, we're set apart as a nation to God, and we are a special people to God. Now this doesn't mean that Christians are to deliberately be quirky, although to lost people, we seem pretty quirky, 
that's because they're living in a reverse universe. Get it? <laughs> we're right. We're on the right track, but they think they're right, so we look wrong. You get it? We're a special people to God. I was thinking this week that God looks at us like, hey, if my child, my children cry out to me at all, it's lights out for you, buddy. How about that? Think about that. We're, we're a peculiar people, a special people to God. Now, if you thought that meant that you were to be deliberately weird, stop. Verse 9, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Why? We ought to ask that question. Why is all of this our, our spiritual true identity? Why are we all of these things? The rest of verse 9, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Men, we were, those of us who are believers in Christ, we were so lost. We were in complete darkness. And God called us out of that darkness into his light, his marvelous light, that we would declare the praises of him that did this for us, that, that Ed Hill got saved is a stupendous miracle of God. Just as great a miracle as that you got saved. Did anybody get saved? And we, we are our very existence as well as what we think, say, and do. It shows forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you know what? It's kind of a parenthesis here. I'm really irritated sometimes with the, this fallen world system, this Babylon we're in. But then I have to remember, hey, all of these people are stumbling around in darkness. They don't get it. They don't know the truth. They don't have the light. And it feels a lot of times like they're deliberately doing that. But whatever. God still saves people out of that. And maybe you came here today and you don't know how you got here. I don't either. You know, we're the hardest podcast to find in the whole world. But you got here and you are being called right now out of the darkness of Babylon into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you are wanting right now to admit that you're a sinner confessing your sin nature as well as your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ, asking His forgiveness, and He is, he is borning you again into a, a... He's giving you a spiritual new birth into the kingdom of God, and you are moving from darkness to light. And you, my friend, right now, some of you are becoming true believers in this Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God. There's another part of our spiritual true identity. We, we are not just nobodies, we're the people of God. Wow. Imagine that. 
which in time past were not a people, but now are, but are now the people of God. Hey, you know what? If, if nobody ever says anything else good about me, that I can truly be declared to be part of the people of God, that's good enough for me. I'm in, I'm in with God. You know, sort of like back in the old days, the, the, uh, the band groupies, or not groupies, but the band roadies, you know, that set up the equipment for bands. They would have t-shirts that says, I'm with the band. I'm wearing that t-shirt. I'm with the people of God. How about you? Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hey, our true spiritual identity Man, it's just stamped people of God. We're, we're walking in the mercy of the God. We're living stones. You know, we're a, a holy temple. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy priesthood. And I probably forgot some of them, but we're, we're all of these things. That's who we are, and that is whose we are. I want to delve just a little deeper into the stone that we've heard about so much here. Some of you are, are Israel, Israelis. Some of you are, are Jewish people. Maybe you live somewhere else in the world. Psalm 118 verse 22 out of your Bible says, The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. That's about Jesus. Psalm 118 verse 23 says, This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. In Isaiah 8.13, out of your Jewish Bible, the Lord says here, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for, but for a stone of stumbling, and for a rock of offense, to both the houses of Israel for a gin, that means like a trap, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the Jewish people stumbled all over Jesus when he first came, except for the disciples and about 500 believers initially. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. In Daniel, one of your prophets as a Jewish person, 2,500 years ago, Daniel wrote in Daniel 2 verse 34, Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and brake them to pieces. This is what Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar about this dream he had of the image of that final world empire. And this stone that was cut out without human hands destroyed the whole thing. In Daniel 2.44, Daniel went on to interpret this, uh, 44 and 45. And in the days of these kings 
shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come pass, come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. This global government that is rapidly being built with or without the election of Joe Biden, I think it'll be faster with his election, but it's being built anyway. This final human global government is the government that this stone, this Jesus Christ, will return to completely demolish and obliterate. In Matthew 21, 42 to 46, Jesus said this, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Wow. So whether you're a Jew or Gentile today, Jesus says this, you've got a choice now. When you come to Jesus, you can either be broken and repent and come to him in faith and be saved, or you can reject him and you will be destroyed. It's your choice. And he brought you here today so that you would hear this for the first time or maybe one last time to give you the opportunity to be saved. If you need help with these spiritual questions, I want you to call 888-537-8720. 888-537-8720. Well, I thank you so much for listening in to This Week in the Word at dredhill.podbean.com. I trust that You've been ministered to, not by me, but by the Word of God. And that if you are a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you hold Him as precious, that you are, you are reminded of your true spiritual identity, and you'll walk with your head a little higher, looking up to the Lord, and you will know that He will take you safely through this Babylon as a pilgrim to your heavenly destination. If you're not saved, you need to get saved today. Amen. Tell other people how to find us. Yeah, they could go to podcast sites and all of that. Hey, just tell them, type in your search bar, Bubba. Type in there, dredhill.podbean.com. It's simple. Let people know so they can hear the Word of God as well. God bless you, and I look forward to 
teaching on the next episode. Bye-bye.